I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word um, this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. You know, it's so important that we that we study the word of God and that we listen to the word of God and that we know the teaching of the Lord all right because when you know the teaching of the Lord when you study the word of God one you learn more about Christ Jesus you learn more about the gospel all right um in which case you grow closer to the Lord all right also studying the word it it lets you know the truth it tells you the truth the word is truth all right um because you have to understand there are a lot of people out there a lot of false teachers false preachers false prophets and antichrists out there you know that want to try and corrupt the minds of even those who are already Christians because you'll be surprised how many Christians do not know their Bible you know and many antichrists will come in and you know they'll say a lot of things sound very charismatic and they can and a lot of times if you don't know your bible which a lot of christians do not these antichrists can say something that sounds very believable to some christians And because we don't study the Bible, I'm talking about people in general, Christians in general, because we don't study the Bible, we don't know the truth. And we we can't tell the truth. So when people come at us with lies, that red flag isn't going to go up. Whereas if we study the word of God and someone starts coming at us with lies, that red flag is going to go up and you're going to say, wait, hold on. Uh-uh. That's not what the Bible says. All right. Don't come at me with that nonsense. All right. It's very important that we study the word of God. Romans 10 chapter. I mean, Romans chapter 10 verses 17 um says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God all right so in studying the word of God it even strengthens our faith in Christ Jesus all right um you know i know that when you listen to the word of God when you when you study the word of God all right. And when you take it in, um, I know that God certainly appreciates it. 
you know, because that's that's showing the initiative that you want to get closer to God. All right. And that you want to know the truth about God. All right. And that you want to get closer to him. All right. So, I mean. God certainly. Loves it when his people studies his word. You know, <laughs> I know I appreciate it because I'm the one who's speaking. So, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want people, you know, to listen. All right. Regardless, I'm going to speak, you know, the word of God, because I mean, even if no one listens, you know, it's still beneficial to me. You know, because I'm learning as I speak, you know, still, nevertheless, you know, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I do. I would. I do like it when people, you know, listen to me speak the speak the word, you know, because the word is very fulfilling. But I'm going to get into it. All right. Going to get into it today. I want to talk about certain topic and this often goes on. Read the topic that I want to talk about is often brought up in the church. And I don't mean by the pastor Sometimes the pastor, but I'm what I mean by is by um it's often brought up in the church is you know members in the congregation. All right. Many times you you see this happen. I myself included. All right. Um, know what it's like, know that feeling to be singled out, all right, by other members in the congregation, okay, and what I'm talking about is, um, do Christians have to be married, all right? Do Christians have to be married? I'm going to give an example. All right. Um, when I first started going to this church, all right, the church that I go to, um, Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. I love that church. It's a great church. Um, it's a it's a very good congregation. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect church. Okay. There is no such thing as a perfect church, but this is a very good church. Um, it teaches the Bible, you know, like it, it really teaches the Bible for those who don't understand the Bible. All right. Um, and, you know, a lot of the people there, very nice does have a big congregation, you know, and as I said, I want to put this out there. I love that church. It's a great church, you know, but I remember the first time I went there, you know, 
first few times I went there, um, there was this one, there was this one couple, this one guy anyway, this one guy, he was with his wife. He asked me what my name was, you know, cause I, I was a new face there. So naturally he asked me what my name was. Said, my name's Dion. All right. So I figure he's going to start talking or whatever, you know, um, maybe he's going to introduce himself, you know, maybe, um, he's going to say, where are you from? You know, start up a nice con conversation. All right. First thing he's first thing he says after. Um, first thing he says after he asked me what my name is. So are you married? I'm going to be honest. I was thinking in my head. I'm like, you know, what kind of question is that? You know, does it matter if I'm married or not? So I told him, I said, no, you know, um, basically I told him no. Never really talked to me anymore. Like I would walk right past this guy and it's like, didn't even say hi. And there were a few other people like that in the congregation, all right? Maybe not exactly like this guy, but a lot of times they will introduce themselves, you know, and one of the first questions that they ask, so, are you married? Okay. So, that's what I want to talk to you today about is do Christians have to become married? No. The answer is no. All right. If anything, all right, if anything, if you want to argue the fact, which I'm not really going to do, I'm not really going to argue the fact, all right, because it's not really a fact. Um, the Apostle Paul actually says that it's better to stay single. Now, he doesn't command you to stay single. He doesn't say that you should stay single. All right. He doesn't say that, you know, um, Men stay single, women stay single, you know, he makes it very clear that it's a recommendation, all right? The fact that Christians should get married is legalism, all right? And for those of you who don't know what legalism, legalism is more of like a moral law. All right. It's more of a traditional thing. All right. We as Christians, 
And I'm not saying that this is why we get married. This this isn't what I'm saying. All right. But we as Christians, you know, we get married sometimes, sometimes because it's tradition. People who do not know the Bible, all right, people who who do not know um, what Christianity is, a lot of times they base Christianity on tradition. And they feel like, okay, if I become a Christian, I have to get married, all right? To be a Christian means you have to be married. That's so far from the truth, all right? It's being married is more of a traditional thing, all right? Yes, a lot of Christians are married, all right? I think, you know, marriage is a true gift, all right? To have a good marriage is a very rare thing. And in order to have a good marriage, all right, you have to, you have to have God in your marriage. All right, each, each party, the husband and the wife, has to have God at the center of their marriage in order for it to last, okay? Marriage is a great, it can be a great and a wonderful thing, all right? But you have to remember that we are not, we are saved through our salvation in Christ, not our works. In other words, if we get married, that is not what makes us saved. So we can't say, oh, I got married, you know, um, so that, so now, you know, I'm a Christian, you know, I wasn't a full Christian before because I wasn't married. Yes, I believed in Christ. Yes, I believed in God, but I wasn't a full Christian. I accepted Christ Jesus into my heart, yes, but I wasn't a full Christian because I wasn't married. But now that I'm married, now I'm a full Christian. No, it's not how it works. We are saved through our salvation in Christ, not our works, all right? I'm not married, but I can assure you that I'm going to heaven. I can assure you that I'm going to heaven. And yet there are many people out there, many married couples out there who are, whatever you want to call it, very traditional um, that are very grounded in legalism, all right? 
very conservative. You know, there are married couples out married couples out there like that. And I can guarantee you also that they do not have salvation. All right. They're not Christians. And they will not make it into heaven. All right. Turn with me to first Corinthians chapter seven, verses one through two. All right. I'm going to start reading 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 2. And I'm going to really elaborate on this. Okay. Now concerning the things. Oh, by the way, this is the Apostle Paul. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 2. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman, let each woman have her own husband. Now, when it says, you know, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, that's not to say like the Bible is not saying, you know, okay, let's say you know, you're, you're walking down the sidewalk and a woman is walking down the same sidewalk, walking the other way, you know, and she says, good morning. And you automatically have to turn your head, you know, walk on the other side of the street, you know, to make sure you don't touch her. That is not what the Bible is saying at all. So do not think that. Okay. Do not think that. All right. Verse two. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Now, it seems as though Paul is saying something totally different. Than what he just said in verse one. Okay. He's saying that it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Then he says, basically, but. However, nevertheless. If you have if you're really struggling with sexual immorality if you're single and you are really struggling with sexual immorality, then, you know, yes, by all means, take yourself a wife. It's better to have a wife than to struggle with sexual immorality. All right. Same thing goes for a woman. If a woman is struggling with sexual immorality, then yes, let her take a husband. 
All right. I'm going to go down a few verses because I want to talk about what I just said a little bit more. Okay. First Corinthians chapter seven, verses six through seven and verses eight. But I say this as a concession, not a commandment. Remember that right there. Verses six. That is very important. All right. Paul is really stressing that. Really stressing that. Okay. He says this as a concession. In order this, he says this as a recommendation. All right. Not as a commandment. Okay. For I wish that all men were even as I myself. But each one has his own gift from God. Okay. So Paul is saying that because, see, Paul never had a wife. Okay. Never had a girlfriend. He was single. Okay. <laughs> Paul is saying that, you know, I say this as a recommendation. All right. And then he says it again. He couldn't stress it enough. He said, I says it as a recommendation. And then he goes on. Not as a commandment. All right. Let's get that clear. It's a recommendation. It's a concession. Not a commandment. Let's get that clear. Okay. For I wish that all men were even as I am myself. But each one has his own gift from God. One in this manner and another in that. All right. So. Paul is saying, you know, yeah, I wish that each man was as I am, you know, but still, you know, that's not how God. You know, that's not what God wants for every man, every man. God has something different. For every, for every other person, for every other man, all right? God isn't going to make every single man, you know, righteous in the same way that I am righteous. God isn't going to make man in the same way, you know, um, as a Christian, as I am a Christian, Okay? Yes, you know, we all have salvation, but still we're not the same. All right, we're different. God has a different plan for each and every person in this world. All right, and Paul realizes that. Okay, he says, for I wish that all men were even as I am myself, but... Each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. All right. Now, verse eight. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. 
Okay. So Paul is is saying, you know, because he's trying to make this very, he's making this very clear because he doesn't want there to be any confusion, you know, when it comes to marrying, not marrying, all right? He says, but I say to the unmarried and to the widows, the ones who aren't married yet, the ones who are still single, the ones who are single now because let's say their spouse had died and they no longer, um, basically they're no longer seeing anybody, <laughs> okay? Paul is talking to them. It is good for them if they remain even as I am. It's good for them to remain single. Why is it good for them to remain single? I'm going to get to that in a second, all right? I'm going to continue to read verse 9. And verse 9 reflects what I had read not too long ago in verse 2. Paul says it again. But... If they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Now, for me, that's kind of self-explanatory. But if you don't get it, you know, I'll say it, I'll say it like this. Um... This goes for the man and the woman, but I'll give I'll give one example. All right. Um, Paul says that it's better to be single than to be married. However, you know, if you're the type of guy, you know, who basically has sex with every beautiful woman that you come across, you know, Every single beautiful woman you bring to your house and you sleep with them and you have like a real problem with that, same thing goes for the woman, okay? If you have a real problem with like just constantly... You have to be with another woman. You have to be with another man. All right. And you constantly have someone in your bed. Then it's better to get married. In that situation, yes, it's better to be married than to be single and always sleeping with someone. Always sleeping with someone different. All right. And that's just an example. For it is for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. All right.
for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Again, I'm going to continue to read verse 9 and verse 10 through 11. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion, as I just read. Now, verses 10 through 11. Now, to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband. Okay. I'm going to read verse 10 again. Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Paul is saying, okay, this isn't just me that's saying this, that's commanding this. All right. This isn't only me. This is also the Lord who says this. All right. The Lord himself also says this, also said this. God himself also said this. All right. I'm saying this, but God himself already said this. Okay. A wife is not to depart from her husband. Okay. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried Or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. Okay, I'm going to read verse 11 again. But even if she does not depart, let her remain. But even if she does depart, rather, let her, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And the husband is not to divorce his wife. Now, I'm going to elaborate that because this is often very debatable amongst Christians. You know, is it wrong to get a divorce? All right. Once a Christian marries, should they always remain married? No matter what the situation. Um, well, like in any marriage, okay, when you get married, married is something sacred, okay? Married is something sacred. When you get married, you take vows. And you are to keep those vows. Okay. You are to love, honor, and obey your wife and your husband. All right. These are vows that you take. And when you, when you take these vows, you do not take them lightly. You don't just say, I do, because you want to hurry up. And get, and get to the kissing part 
Okay, this is something that really has to resonate inside of you. These vows are very important. All right. Yes, divorce is wrong. You should not get a divorce when you become married. Okay, now listen. All right. When you're married, okay, when you're when you're in your marriage, all right, there will be hard times. All right. There will be situations that you do have to work through. All right. There will be hard situations that you will have to work through. Okay. That's another part of um of taking these vows okay through sickness and in health all right now if the husband or the wife ends up becoming abusive in the marriage. If the husband becomes violent in the marriage, he has broken those vows, okay? Now, a lot of times, some marriages have overcome this problem and the man and the wife had ended up staying together all right, that's something very rare, okay? However, once um, that person, let's say becomes, let's say becomes violent, he breaks those vows of loving, Honoring and obeying. Okay. Therefore, the marriage is null and void. Okay. Same thing. If the wife tends to cheat on the husband. Okay. Um, I think in certain situations like that. You know, depending on what the situation is, it can be worked out. But if it becomes like a pathological thing to where it happens over and over and over again consistently. OK, then, you know. That is grounds to get a divorce. OK. Divorce should be the last resort. And even when you come to the last resort, you should really think about taking that last resort and saying, okay, is it worth it? Is it worth divorcing my spouse? Okay. So yes, divorce is wrong. Yes, we shouldn't get a divorce. No one should get a divorce once they are married, all right? However, certain situations 
allows it to allows uh, allows allows there to be grounds to get a divorce. But that's not I'm, I digress. I digress. Okay, I'm I'm getting off subject. I'm getting off subject. Okay. Um I just wanted to elaborate on verse 11, okay? Because notice that Paul said, a wife is not to depart from her husband, okay? I'll say that a wife is not to depart from her husband. But then Paul says, but even if she does depart, okay? So Paul, he knew that there must be some grounds to depart from her husband. There must be some reason to depart from her husband. Okay. And then he goes on to say, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Okay. Um, you know, marriage that can be that can be a true gift. All right. Marriage, it can be a true gift. But why is it why is it so good that we remain single? Paul isn't just saying that, you know, he thinks we remain we should we should, you know, remain single because he wants us to be like him, okay? Paul, he doesn't have an ego trip, all right, or nothing like that, all right? Um he's not just saying, "I, you know, you guys need to be like me," you know, someone who someone who is faithful to God. You guys need to be more like me. You guys need to be single. No, that's not what he's saying at all. Okay, so then why is Paul saying that we need to be single? Paul says that we should be single because in I'm going over to 1 Corinthians 7, um, chapter 7, verses 32 through 35 now. Verses 32 through 35. Paul says the reason why we should remain single, all right, is, and I'm going to read, but I want, <clears throat> excuse me, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, 
But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And I say this, and this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Now, I'm going to read those verses again, OK, because I want the married couples out there to know. All right. That. Paul, he's not he's not marriage bashing. OK, he's not making he's not putting down, you know, married people. All right. Not at all. Marriage is a true gift from God. If it is if marriage is meant to be all right, if a man and woman are meant to be married, if their marriage is ordained by God, that is a true gift. All right? Especially nowadays. Because it seems as though, you know, yes, a lot more people these days are getting married than, you know, a lot more people than just Christians are getting married. And when you say that, that sounds great. You know, a lot more people are getting married now. That sounds great. But you want to finish that off. A lot more people are also getting divorced. Because people know how to get married. All right. It's easy to say, OK, yeah, we're in love. You know what? What do a lot of people who are in love often do? They get married. OK, yeah. Now, the thing is then. But the thing is, is that a lot of people, they don't they don't know how to stay married. And a lot of times it's because they don't have God at the center of their relationship. And the only way to grow in a marriage is with God at the center of their marriage so that they can both focus on God and they can both go in a straight line. They can both grow in a straight line is the only way I know how to put it. All right. So a lot of people are getting married. Yes, but then a lot of people are getting a divorce. All right. And. You know. When a person has. A marriage that is ordained by God, that is a true gift. It is a wonderful gift. All right. It is a great blessing. Okay. Because not a lot of people can have that, can have a successful marriage, okay? I hear testimonies of people who stay married for, man, 50, 55, 60 years, okay? 
And they're not going anywhere. They're not separating anytime soon. And then I also hear of testimonies of people who are married for for two months. They get married. They think everything's good. And they say, you know what? I made a mistake. I should have never married you. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay? Um, I don't want to... And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because I don't... Last thing I ever want to do is sound like a hypocrite. I was married. All right? Um, I got married when I was... Um, I think like 22. <laughs> uh... It was 2012. No, I was 23. I was 23. And I got married. Um, marriage did not last at all. Okay. And our marriage, you know, me and the woman I was married to, the marriage, it was never ordained by God. It was never meant to be. So it did not last. God was not at the center of our marriage at that time. So it lasted for less than a year. All right. But I'm going to... All right, again, I digress. I'm going to elaborate on verses 32 through 35. Okay. Paul says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. You have to. All right. You have to understand this when a person is married. They have a lot more responsibilities, a lot more things to focus on. All right. Even more when they have a family. All right. But right now we're just talking about marriage. OK. When a person is married, they have a lot of things to focus on, a lot of responsibilities. All right. They have to think about how are they going to please their wife? How are they going to be there for their for their wife? How are they going to. Um, help take care of their wife. How are they going to support their wife? Okay. Um, and at the same time, you know, they have to, you know, make sure they're still focused on the Lord. They have to still make sure that they put the Lord first above their wife, who they love very, very, very much. All right. And they still have to put the Lord first. Um, and yet it's going to be very, very hard to, um, to give time to the wife, to their wife and time to the Lord. It's going to be hard. All right. And they're going to have a lot more work to do, a lot more responsibility to do. And they're not going to be able to give all of their focus to the Lord because they're going to have to be 
they're going to have to give some of their focus to their wife. They have to. All right. Yes, they put the Lord first in the front and center of their relationship, but he still has to tend to his wife. All right. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. Okay. Now, for those of you who are unmarried, you know, you have a lot less things to worry about. Okay. Um, you have a lot less things to deal with. Okay. Um, you don't have to worry about supporting someone else. You don't have to worry about um, caring for someone else. Um, you don't have to um, focus on pleasing someone else. And because you don't have to, you know, worry about giving all of your time to someone else that frees you up to give all of your time to God. That's why Paul says it's better to be single because when you're single, when you're unmarried, you can give all of your time to God. Okay. Now, again, I want to stress this. It's not wrong to get married. It's not a bad thing to get married. All right. I'm not going to lie. It's harder to get married than it is to be single. OK. I'll give I'll, I'll say that. OK. But it's not wrong to get married. It's not bad to get married. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that, you know. Basically, hey. You know, marriage is good. But being single is even better. All right. That's not what he's saying, but that's basically when you break it down, that's that's Paul's that's 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 how Paul thinks. All right. Marriage is good, but being single is even better. Okay. Verse 33. But he who is married cares about the things of this world, how he may please his wife, as I just explained. Verse 34, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried, now when he says virgin, what he's referring to is the unmarried woman. All right. When he says wife, he's referring to the married woman. When he says virgin, he's referring to the unmarried woman. Okay. The reason why he says married, the reason why he refers to the word virgin is because you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. All right. Therefore, that would make you a virgin. All right. So I'm going to read that over verse 34. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Okay. 
And basically, that's just like what I said again, you know. Only this, 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 they're speaking about, Paul is speaking about the female. Okay, so I'm not really going to say what I just said all over again. All right. So I'm going to move on to verse 35. All right, because I'm running out of time, but, you know, this is, there's not really, um, I don't really have that much left. I'm going to say verse 35, read verse 35 again, and I'm going to elaborate on it. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. All right. Paul is saying that, okay, what I'm saying is, is beneficial for you. What I'm saying is helpful for you. All right. I'm not saying this. Okay. Don't, don't take it as me, you know, trying to, Paul describes it as putting a leash on you, all right? Don't, don't take it as though I'm trying to, you know, put restrictions on you of what you can and can't do, you know? That's not what I'm saying. That's not why I'm saying this, all right? Don't, don't take it as me telling you what to do. As husband and wife and if you're not husband and wife and if you're single and all right don't take it as that all right but take it as for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction so Paul is saying that the reason why I'm saying this is that you know for those who are single you know Realize that the reason why it's better to be single is because there are no distractions when you serve the Lord. It's better to be single so that because when you're single, you can serve the Lord without any distractions. All right. Wives, I'm not calling you a distraction. <laughs> okay. So don't take it like that either. All right. And I think that this is my personal opinion. I think that Paul is really stressing the fact because if you read through this, you realize that Paul is um, saying like in a nutshell, you'll notice that Paul is saying every now and then like, okay, I want to be, be clear. Okay, nevertheless, okay, don't get me wrong. Okay, this is a recommendation. Okay, this isn't a commandment. I think that Paul is is using those words because Paul realizes that you know he's not married okay and I think that that's one of the reasons why Paul says you know not that I may put a leash on you because Paul is saying look I'm not the one I'm not the I'm not that guy who's saying you know what you can and can't do as a married couple 
That's not what I'm saying. All right, because I'm not married. Okay, so I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm the last guy to think of as a marriage counselor. That's not me. All right. I'm not. I'm not Paul the marriage counselor. Okay, everything I'm saying here. All right. This is a recommendation. I'm not saying this to put a leash on you. I'm not saying this as, um, you know, to, to tell you what you shouldn't and shouldn't do, to say what you should and shouldn't do in your marriage. Okay, that's not me. I'm not going to be a hip. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be that guy who tells you what to do when I don't even know myself. This is just a recommendation, a strong recommendation and a good recommendation, mind you, but it's not a commandment. All right. And Paul, the reason why Paul is giving this recommendation is because all of this, the reason why Paul is writing these things down is because all of this knowledge is coming from the Lord. All right. And everything that God says is true. All right. This is just something that Paul had thought of. Paul wouldn't have wrote it down. Because Paul knows that, hey, he's no marriage counselor. So he's not just going to put any old thing. Okay. That's my personal opinion. Okay. Um, so, you know, don't ever think that, you know, to be a Christian, you have to be married. All right. That Christians have to be married. No. That's far from the truth. Don't ever feel like you have to be pressured into being married, all right? Or don't ever think that, you know, because you're a Christian and you're not married, that makes you lower than other Christians. No, that's not true. If anything, that gives you a better opportunity to serve the Lord than those who are married. I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, O Lord. Thank you for the reading of your word, Heavenly Father. Lord God, I thank you. I pray, O Lord, that you just continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the reading of your word, O Lord God. I pray, O Lord, that you just continue to give us the will in the passion, in the want to, O Lord God, to continue to read your word, O Lord. Lord God, you are righteous, God, and I thank you, O Lord God, for everything that you have done for us, O Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Now, before I go, I want to leave you with this verse, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 
Thank you all for listening.